Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Cultivating Success Podcast. Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson are brothers and business partners of the top landscaping company, Nature's Experts. Nature's Experts is home to six companies that cater to all your outdoor needs. To learn more about Jeff and Jonathan, simply visit us at www.naturesexperts.com. On the podcast, Jeff and Jonathan bring together other business owners and entrepreneurs to share with you how they developed a prosperous company and how you can too. You will gain insights and meaningful advice on creating the building blocks to success and longevity in the entrepreneurial realm. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson. So, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us on the Cultivating Success Podcast. We're so happy to have you here today. Really excited to see how you can help people and their businesses grow and develop with your different leadership and business skills. We're so happy to have you here. Hi, Jamie. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here with both of you. So I appreciate the invite. We are really excited to hear what you have to say today. You know, Jeff and I um, really are always interested in continuing to bring more people that really can provide value to us. You know, we're here to learn also too. You know, we're in, you know, leading this podcast, but we're not here to be like the end all be all know everything. We know a lot, but we're actually looking to keep kind of unlocking more in ourselves and doing that by connecting us with people of like-minded, you know, thoughts like yourself. So we're excited for you to tell everyone about your business today and how it can actually help them because, you know, we actually use a business coach and it really is very, 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 very beneficial. And the thing is, is that, you know, what has made me think talking to you is that, you know, you could almost have different business coaches to help you actually on different things because, you know, just like people, people just have different things to offer. I'm different than Jeff. If me and Jeff were both coaches, uh, you know, he would, you would have a different experience with Jeff yeah. than you'd have with myself. Yeah, also that's too. true. Yep. So Jamie, please tell us a little bit about what you do and how you help help people. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's that beauty of being different that I think helps the whole world survive, right? So bringing all different perspectives and different values. And so as a facilitator of change is what I like to call myself or an agent of engagement, I work with teams on three different pillars. So there's leadership, customer experience, and sales. And so while you may have an individual business coach, I'm really more a coach to teams, So I work with organizations that are really trying to change things to get a different result or an even better result. And, you know, I come in and I talk with them. And the first part is always saying, hey, what is it? Why now? Like, why? what do you need somebody for now? Why why are we having this conversation? And based on our conversation, I help them. What's the most common thing people usually say? Like, what's the reason? Oh, my gosh. So lately, it has been retention, right? There's been so much movement, so many teams and people going to places, you know, the grass is greener or literally greener because people are offering money for especially some of these different customer service jobs. A lot of of people offering things that are not exactly what they seem though now. 
is what I've seen. Like, it's it's definitely been. Yeah, but it's a disruption to businesses. Terrible disruption. It is, but it's It's a bait and switch. It's total misrepresentation. A hundred percent. Well, and you guys are on the East coast of Florida and I'm on the West coast of Florida. And I think Florida itself, we have seen a dramatic change happening specifically in Florida based on just so many different factors. And, you know, where I'm at, we've seen a problem here where we have so many customer service or customer industry or service industry businesses that can't find staff because the housing market has outpriced the staff that want to live here. So now they're all competing to get different staff. And so people are offering signing bonuses. I've never in my lifetime seen a signing bonus to go work at a restaurant before. And that's happening now. And it's just, it's amazing what's happening. And so, you know, what I work with companies is saying, listen, it's not always about having the quantity of people, but it's the people that you do have and investing in them and making them quality team members. And so I work with them on understanding how to have the best leaders So people don't want to leave when there's a signing bonus, because as you probably know, 67% of team members leave because of the manager, you know? And so with everything that's happened recently, I feel like a lot of times people really are looking to leave because they're just exhausted. They're exhausted with life. They're exhausted with the grind. They're just exhausted. And they feel like that somehow, some way, instead of doing this and doing that, that somehow it's going to just unlock this other different you know, environment, when in reality, you just need to create a feeling of safety and security within your in in your culture, to where they don't want to leave and that like the uncertainties of the outer world don't affect your actual, you know, world that you work in, you know, Sure. It's actually funny you say that. So I have a keynote that I talk about, and it's called going from captive to captivated. And I talk about both internal customers, like your employees and your team members, and your external customers and people right now, a lot of people feel captive in their roles and they're not captivated because employees are not being appreciated or not being shown and rewarded in ways that they should be. And so they're getting burned out. They're being overworked and underpaid. And I don't mean underpaid by salary or monetary reasons. I mean, so many other ways that we're not valuing our team members. And so it's, it's pretty bad. And so when I go in, I work with these teams and I say, listen, we have to change things because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Well, and I'll tell so- you, uh, I'm interrupting you um, okay. on purpose because, you know, the thing is that really strikes me because it actually makes me angry because with our business, we do value people and we show it. We don't just keep it to ourselves. We do. Like we put out so much effort, just even the two of us to show people how much we appreciate them, pay them appropriately, talk to them, tell them they're valued. And there's still, still plenty of issues and turnover and change. Now, do we retain people? Yes, we retain a lot of people, but even the ones that are retained, some of them just don't put forth and don't get to the finish line each day. They only put forth 90% of the effort. And you know, the last 10% of effort that's really the most important in a lot of ways. You know, you have to show up. So there's 90%, but the 10% of effort to really follow through with things and make them happen and button them up and handle things. That's the most important. And it's really an angering thing because it's like, you feel like you can't win, but it's because you're not connecting to all the people. The first person might be giving a hundred percent. The second person might be giving 90%. The third person might be giving 70%. And then the next person's giving 50%. But, that, but that's so my it, point is she's talking about organizations that don't give of themselves or money or anything no, instruction. 
So I'm going to come back and interrupt you now. Sure, huh? sure, sure. You got <laughs> yeah. me. I mean, so it sounds like you might be a little bit of a unicorn, which is great, but not even so. So I'm even talking about those companies that are saying, listen, we've got, we're doing everything we can. I would bet money on it that I would come in and shadow your organization, look at it and say, wait a second, you're not seeing this. And that's what I do best. I come in and I say, listen, and I actually have a formula and it sounds like a similar formula you may have learned growing up. E equals MC squared, Mm -hmm. but it's a different type of formula and I can't give it away here. So we'll have to continue the conversation. But when I come in and I apply that formula to your business, I guarantee you that the two of you look at each other and be like, oh, we didn't see that. Wait a second. That's new. Because sometimes, you know, it comes back to like that emotional intelligence, right? Like our self-awareness. We think that we're doing all the right things. But there are certain questions that we're not asking of our team members right now to get that extra mile. I'm going to tell you that that's where I personally am at. I feel like I don't know how much nicer, more helpful, more generous in every way that I can be to all the team members. I really, really, really feel that way and am that way. It's not just a feeling. I actually live that. But having a good culture, having a good structure in your company isn't just from you being really nice to everyone. It's that the management is understanding and trained a certain way. And then the supervisors and then the supervisors, you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, it's but, a whole... we, but, but we've, but you're acting like we haven't done that. We've done that. We have a business coach. The business coach speaks to all of these team members, like the top 30 team members that we have, like all the management, the business coach, we have quarterly, um, like networking and sort of like uh, workshop sessions with these people. We have all different kinds of motivated stuff. We walk the walk, talk the talk on a daily basis. Nice, pleasant, not taking advantage of. I like, there's so many things. That's what I'm saying. We are at a point where just like you said, where you're going to be like, we'll look at each other with your E equals MC squared and say, wow, I never saw that because I don't see it. I, I don't have any other avenue to go on anymore I don't yeah. know where to go. I'm exasperated with it and scratching my head all the time saying, I don't know why all of this isn't working. Let me give you another example. Yeah, please do. One, one of our landscape companies um, is, is in Palm Beach and there's another Palm Beach company that they have a reputation of treating people very not nice. They don't give a shit. They don't value anybody, nothing. The two people that ended up coming and working for us in the past few months worked there. They were very unhappy there because of that reason, because of the culture, because how they didn't appreciate them, so on and so forth. They came to us to work for the same amount of money, but because they thought they'd be more valued. So they are more valued with us. However, they gave them a two-week notice. Now, obviously they did it because they said, well, we we have a reputation on ourselves. We want to be professional, so on and so forth. But yet we have people, not everybody gives a two-week notice. They just leave. Yeah. And we treat them. These are, this is all things where I shake my head, scratch my head. I don't understand. So two people are giving a company that shits on them literally and could care less about them. Two week notice, being nice to them, staying there, even though they're not treated well, but then obviously they came to us because we made them an offer and we had to wait two weeks to get them. Well, you know, it's also like, listen, you're not going to find like a hundred unicorns come work for you, right? Like there's going to be people out there who are just regardless, they're going to leave, right? Like I always say, you know, 67% of people leave a manager, 
but 37% of people have just quit job after job after manager. So who's the yeah. jerk there? It's not the managers. It's that yeah. person, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I have a really good friend um, who his name's Paul Long and he runs this organization called Fundamism. He's amazing. You guys should meet him. But he always talks about, listen, if you meet one person that day and they were a jerk, then that's one thing. But if you meet a bunch of people one day and they're all jerks, who's the jerk? Right. And so you're going to have team members who, yeah, they gave two weeks. That's great. And then you're going to have team members who work for you. You can give them the sun, the moon and the stars. Yeah. But, you know, you got to figure out when you want to help somebody out or help them out. That's an interesting point that she makes. So so technically with this particular scenario you're talking about. So are these individuals of the mind of the company that they used to work for and they're getting out of it and they're actually bringing it into our culture? Well, that's different. So, um, Jeff, are those two people that mm. gave the two weeks notice? Now, are they disengaging with you guys? No, are you talking about no. other people? Other no, people? no, 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 no. I'm not talking about them. I was just using right. that one instance for them. No, I'm talking about that. Everything you're saying, everything you're saying, excuse me, everything that you're saying is, you know, ringing a bell with me, frustrating oh. me, angering me, so on and so forth. Not the fact. <laughs> I'm happy to make you angry today at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> what it is. <laughs> What it is, is it, it's not the things that you're saying that you're making me angry. It's the things that you're talking about because I'm applying them to our organization and we are making the effort in ourselves and going to the expense. I mean, really, John, we go to the expense and people, we, we put Jeff, so much effort into care. it. People unfortunately no, no. don't care the effort that you go to. No, no, no. Culture that's, no, but it's, it's not a matter culture. of that. It's not okay, a matter of that. It's the fact that it's such slim pickings. Like sure. what you're saying, there's no way to work. It's so, it's such a frustrating time. Oh, yeah. What is the mousetrap? How do you catch them in the mousetrap to have them want to really be, to go a hundred percent for you every day and hundred percent for themselves and to be there. It's very hard because being nice, paying them fairly isn't enough anymore. And by the way, that's always been enough and it's not. Anymore. Right. Well, so that's let me ask you this. I mean, like you had, so you mentioned 30 people. Those are your leaders. Are you talking about the 30 yeah. that you connect with? Okay. Yeah. What total amount staff do you have? Like what's the total number? That over you have 200, over 200. Right. 200. So you have these 30 that come in, but how often do you connect with the 200? But also here's the thing, right? So if I asked you right now, Jeff, what's your favorite color? Green. All right. Jonathan, what's your favorite color? Green. All right. Perfect. I want you, do you have anything to write with in front of you? No. All right. Just think in your head right now three words that you would associate with the color green. Okay. Your brothers, right. We get that. But three words that would come to you for the color green, that when you think of green, you think of these three words. Now it could be a little tricky because you know, your brothers, but let me just kind of show you an example. Okay. You have your three words in your head. And now I want you to think of the one word out of those three words. That means the most to you. when you think of the color green. Okay. I love that. It's like, you're the nature experts. So you both thought green, which whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. What is your word, Jonathan? Nature. Jeff, what's your word? Money. All right. Look at that. So you started off with the same favorite color, but yet two different reasons. Now I would have a conversation with you both and dive deeper into why was money or why was nature. But here's what I'm trying to get to is that you could give the sun, the moon, and the stars to somebody, but they really want the sand. And if we don't ask those questions as leaders, we don't say, listen, why are you in this role? What is most important to you in this role? What's going to keep you working for us? What is going to keep you motivated to come to work and give 98% every single day? Because let's be honest, no one ever gives 100%, right? Except for the people that like run the businesses. We give like whatever. But you know, if we don't ask those specific questions, then we're rewarding and we're recognizing and we're giving them all this shit that means nothing to them. Yeah, we think we're doing everything. 
we think we're doing everything, but everyone ticks differently. And so it's as much as this, like, like I would never just like, you know, if I was going to send you guys a thank you right now, you know, some people would say, Hey, I'm going to send you a basket of popcorn, but I have no idea if you even like popcorn. So thinking about like how well it resonates with me is you have a different feeling than I do about where we're at in this particular topic or whatever. You're just considering you're 100% like you're doing everything. But technically speaking, there are probably a hundred other things that could be done into the business to make a solution, but you're already maxed out at a hundred percent. So there's no more you can do. You're talking about to me? Yeah. Well, but if you, cause you can't do any more, well, you're doing everything it's, because it, you can't do anymore. But, but, but there always is more stuff you can do. But here's yeah, the but thing. If you're going in the wrong direction, speaking it, up. But here's what I feel like maybe either you don't get, you're missing, or you didn't think of, or maybe you do know this. People's mindset, it is not the same. And that's Correct. going for the majority of people. They have completely changed. Even people that were going 100% and you say no one goes 100%, so say 98 those people have all changed in some way or another. They've just a little bit changed. They have, because there are people here that have changed because of this pandemic, because of what's going on in the world. They have changed a little bit. And because of that change, you either change and you get closer together or you get farther apart. And if you're getting farther apart, then, you know, as business owners, your job is to ultimately recognize that you're not on the same page and you need to find somebody else to bring in. That is on. It's very hard to find somebody else. That's the double down problem. So it's like if you you, isolate the problem and then you isolate the solution. But if you're empathetic to people, you're nice you're friendly, you're genuine, you're consistent with your behavior. They know it's not phony, by the way. Right. That's important that we sure. uh, that I mentioned that and to you. Yeah, you're not it. phony. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. consistent. If you asked anybody, they would say John and I are consistent because the truth is we are very genuine and authentic about it. It mm-hmm. doesn't completely work though anymore. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Nothing really completely gets you there. So say, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to, I'm going to push back on you, you know, because I see the success it, lady. of the teams that I'm working with, you know, like, Jamie. you know, I'd, I'd have no job. <laughs> I would be like unemployed. I'd be like, Hey guys, can I have a job? Well, what's your um, secret I, sauce I then? What's your secret sauce then, Jamie? E equals MC squared, but you won't say what it is. You know, you can just give it out. Oh, you're all about the green. Right. No, it's not even about that. It's about, you're all about the green. I can tell you now, but if you don't know how to apply it, like I can be like, Hey, here's the instructions. But listen, I will tell you that there are so many things that we think we're doing well, but really when we take a different look at it, we see things from a different perspective. And I'm that person. I completely agree. I'm that person. I'm the person. Cause that's I, what I, I just said, you're yeah. giving a hundred percent and there's a hundred yeah. more things that could yes. be done yeah. to make it better. And I don't know. You, you're, you're full, right? No, no, you know them. You're just full. But maybe. Yeah, but maybe I need you be... need to give a different, you know, there's a hundred, like you're saying, you're giving a hundred things. There's a hundred more things, but maybe it's not a hundred. Maybe it's like, listen, we really only need to give five things or change or swap out things that we're doing because people have changed. Right. So, you know, I talk to leaders and I say, listen, pre pandemic leading people is difficult, right? It's a challenge because they're just, we're made up of all so many different things and emotions and everything like that. Post pandemic, the emotional state of people right now, like the world right now is this like chaotic, angry. I mean, just if you get on social media, you anyway, people are just angry and it's just weird. And it's like this weird thing where you're like, whoa, emotional states are up here. And when everyone's like heightened emotional state, 
everything is harder. Everyone may, and you can't, it's very hard to make decisions when people are in that state for yourself to make. That's why everyone says when you're in an emotional situation, upper debt, you shouldn't be making decisions. You're emotionally hijacked. You're emotionally hijacked. You're going to say something you don't want to say. You're going to forget to say something. And so we as organizations and as people just in general, like what I teach is not about, Hey, I'm going to come to work today and turn on my Jamie switch and do everything she taught me. Like I said before, I'm a, a world changer. Like I want to change people's mindset as people so that this world kind of starts to tilt the other way, because if we don't, we're our doom for a disaster. And I hate to be all gloom and doom, but something needs. Well, to it's change. not, it's not all gloom and doom. It's reality. The problem is most people don't want to accept reality. And that is reality. Yeah. You know, the other thing I want to share with you is that what's so interesting is that like our typical, you know, new to the workforce age is about 18 to 26, right? Like that's like the sweet spot. People that are like trying to figure out where to college from most of these service jobs and different opportunities. Well, add it in now, you have that same age group that are multimillionaires because of going online and doing TikTok and doing, you know, YouTube. And so, and even my daughter last night, <laughs> she's seven and was like, she likes to film like little food critic reviews. And she's like, oh, go below and, and subscribe. Like, you don't have a YouTube channel. Like, what do you, it's a video for like grandma and grandpa. Like, they're not going to subscribe to anything. But we've changed this mindset of that workforce where they're like, well, why would I go work for them when I can make a million yeah. being on yeah. TikTok? And in reality, it's about like what 0.05% of people that are going to be those successful TikTokers and YouTubers. Mm-hmm. We have this whole kind of crazy thing going on. So we have to start thinking about how we cater to that workforce, but also how we change the way that we do business. And well, we're lucky we're not in that. That's not our cat for us. Right. In our business, our category is not that age group of people. The unfortunate part, though, is that having that age group of people is always cycling through. So yeah. the best part about businesses that have people that are in the 18 to 26 is that every single year, there's more people that are 18 to 26. <laughs> right. So the best part about it is you just have a constant workforce that's cycling through versus you know, in the service industry, it's really more of a static workforce that only kind of pivots a little bit. So it's much more of a smaller circle because you have to actually be trained. So you can't work at a restaurant and be like, I want to be an HVAC guy or I want well, you know, to service like all of that, right? Like any type of service. So like we were skilled, talking, skilled you know, service is what I, I yeah. like. So yeah. Like we're in like a skilled service. So sure. it's one well, of those. Is this the coaching things. session now or is this for all your listeners? I just want to make sure I'm clear. Because no, but by the way, I, you guys. <laughs> I am loving the conversation, but I want to get more into what you offer actually. So I want to get into the three different pillars. Okay. And so the first one is leadership. Yeah. So how do you frame leadership? It, of course, I think everyone understands it's very, very, very important. There are companies that do well that have no leadership. There are companies that don't do well that have really good leadership. And really, what is the advice actually to everyone that's listening about how leadership really can impact their business and how even how you be able to help them even kind of be able to help themselves more with, you know, taking more control possibly? Yeah, it's such a great question. So, you know, typically what I like to do is find out like what's like what's not working, right? Because that's going to be the biggest piece of it. And I am not a person, I'm not a motivational speaker. So, and I say that in a way where I'm not going to come in, do a keynote and be like, peace out, you you know, like now you're all going to be good leaders. I do keynotes for special events and things where the keynote is appropriate, but for leadership training, 
it doesn't stick that way. That's not where you come in and say like in two hours, Hey, this is how you can be an even better leader and then leave and it happens. So the way that I help teams is that I build a series of courses that help them create what they need to get out of it. So for example, you know, right now, a lot of teams are suffering with difficult conversations. Like they just don't know how to have those uncomfortable conversations. So that could be one of the courses. I just did a series for a group and for every session. Let's let's dive into that because I think that that's a really important one. So it's important to be comfortable and uncomfortableness. Like she was just saying, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's Jeff interesting is, that that's a common theme Jeff with all the these king. people. Jeff yeah. the well, king. And think about it because everyone in king. this world has to have difficult conversations, right? Like you guys probably at some yeah. point, you know, owning a business together have had to have, to have a difficult conversation with one another, right? So it's a skill say that so. <laughs> you're like, you're looking at, they're like, you guys can't say the least. Yeah. Do you I, share the video of this as well too? Or is it just audio? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah we do. We, we, we share the video and everything. The video is that on look YouTube. that you just got from Jeff was great. <laughs> I get it all the time. So diving into, into that or whatever, I think it's kind of important because so really in your, so when you're giving people advice about having these kinds of conversations or whatever, you know, I know Jeff and how he handles it. So I definitely know how he handles it and he definitely handles it straightforward. It's the only way to be. So how do you really train somebody to be better at that exactly? Yeah. So I teach frameworks, not scripts. So I give a framework and it's freedom within that framework to really be yourself, but also understand that every part of that framework in regards to actually having a typical conversation is aimed at lowering that emotional state. So we talked, everyone's like at this high emotional state. We shouldn't have conversations when we're there. We're emotionally hijacked. So what I teach is a framework to help you identify, first of all, how am I showing up for this conversation and how can I have a conversation in a way where I'm not trying to debate somebody, but I'm actually having a conversation with them. That's key. What's that? That's key. Yeah. Because you're really not going to have as useful or as great or as a productive conversation if Mm -hmm. your senses are heightened. That's correct. hundred percent. And it's it's not a debate. It's just a conversation. A hundred percent. And the thing is, is that... People try to have these conversations, but here's what happens is that like, typically, you know, listening is like one of the key things that people think they're good at, but they're not. So can we have a little fun game real fast? Sure. All right. Show me the okay symbol, just like this. Go ahead and put that right there on your chin. I said chin. (laughs) So there we go. One of you, right? Uh, There we go. Good job, John. Well, he he got the trick, right? John is like, you know? And so, you know, there's like all different types of. I listen. I do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Are you the baby in the family? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) There you go. There's there's four of us. I'm the youngest and Jeff's the oldest. But that's why there's a little bit of a disconnect sometimes with people with me. Because I put it on my cheek and you put it on your chin. Well, because I. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I listen like in order to really learn, like you really need to learn to really not just listen like to the people's noise and words really to hear them. And that, that has really helped me in life to realize that you have to really hear someone till you really understand what they want. I guess part of the reason that I get frustrated and angry, like I was saying before, is because I really do do that. And when we meet someone, we hire them, we have them, when we're listening to them, we're talking to them, when they're working for us, I really do listen and you give them what they want. It just never seems to be enough. So these can, days. I challenge you? can I challenge you on that real fast? Sure. So one of the key ways to really, truly listen, you know, I talk about there's three different ways to listen, right? Listening to understand, listening to learn and listening to hear, right? 
So if you are really listening to learn, there's one thing that you never, ever do. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah. Interrupt. <laughs> and I disagree with you. Then that's totally fine. You can. And I love yeah. that because let me. With all due respect, I interrupt. I mean, he interrupts all the time also. We both do it. So this- I want to add to what you're saying also too. So okay. I definitely think you have to listen, but as it relates, that's just to like a good listening and to have a conversation, but to be the leader and to take the leadership role into that or whatever, you have to make sure that you know what the expectation is of whatever the situation is, because <clears throat> if the other, you can't, you can't have a successful conversation if the other person doesn't know what was expected of what you're, why you're in whatever situation you're in. And you're ultimately at fault if the person did something that's wrong that they didn't actually know that they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's your fault, actually. It's not their fault. That's a whole other topic, right? Like I talk about, I feel like that's really the topic, clear, you know? Yeah, but setting really clear expectations. But I want to share with you a little bit about that interrupt thing, right? So this is why I say that, you know, a lot of times people are listening for the hook. Like you are waiting. If you're really listening to learn, you're listening to the full thing someone's saying and waiting for them to be done. But when we interrupt, we're actually really listening for the hook and listening to respond because we hear one thing and we're like, nope, it's my turn. That makes sense. And so, and that's why I say interrupting, you miss the full story. You miss so much of what's going to happen because sometimes people talk and they're getting to the point, but you jump in first and you miss the whole point. I love it takes people so long that it's like ridiculous. (laughs) You just want to talk, right? You're like, no, because it's like, no, because Jeff wants to make the solution so fast that it's just, if you have nothing to say, he'll, he'll, he feels like he'll speed up the process. Most important person in the room, right? (laughs) No, it's really not like that. It's, it really is. I'm kidding with you. But no, but it's important because it really isn't because anyone that's listening, it's not about interrupting to try to be like, you know, you just have to hear what I'm saying because I know what I'm talking about. It really isn't that. It really is what John said. You know, you, I really just want to come to a solution and like figure it out. Let's go be productive for the rest of the time that it would have taken to get to the point. But getting to the point is making sure that whatever you're, whatever situation you're in sticks. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the conversation again because trying to get to the point quicker and faster and so on and so forth is counterproductive. Because if you don't listen to, you might be there for this, yeah. but they say that. And what that is, is what's actually causing this. But the thing is, if I interrupt somebody and I say it, we get, with I'll respect. Say, do you with understand? Res- do you understand? Respect. Like, are we on the same page? Do you get it? It's not like I say, this is the solution. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Okay. The conversation's over. I mean, it just doesn't work like that with me. I don't I do would, You agree, right? Right. Right. I don't. I don't, do that, don't. Right? don't. I'm going to challenge you back. And this is why is that some people just need to like be fully heard. And, you know, I talk, there's this great book. Have you guys read how full is your bucket? No, I have not. Okay. So get that book. It's, phenomenal. There's actually a children's book for it as well, too. So I read it to my daughter and teach her the whole lessons of it. But in the book, it talks about that every day we have thousands of interactions, thousands. Yeah. yeah. And they're typically either positive or negative and rarely just neutral. And it's how we're filling the buckets that is actually building. It's kind of like that emotional bank account. I'm sure your coach has told you about emotional bank accounts before and filling the no, account, you know, no. and so our coach hasn't, but I've, I've read, uh, which Jeff didn't like, uh, five love languages. Oh or yeah, kids right. or whatever. Yeah, and, but it was really good. It definitely it's resonates important. in other in other areas. Yeah, I read the just the kid one, not the uh, adult one or whatever, just because I have two kids. Yeah, well, I love that, and you know, teaching them now. This, how old are your children? Uh, four and six. 
Yeah. So that's a perfect age because they start to get the concepts and learn that. So that's amazing. And so the whole idea of the book is that, listen, you're filling somebody's bucket, but as soon as you empty that bucket, it takes a while to can fill it up again. And so my thing is that you've got a 10 to one ratio for every one negative interaction you have with somebody, it takes 10 to make up and earn the right to have that positive relationship again. So even yep. if with you are person, ready to interrupt okay, with anybody, that, think about it with that person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. Think yeah. about it even just as like your family, you get into an argument with your family and that's like even a higher level relationship where you're like, you know, we're kind of stuck, so to speak. Yeah. And you have a big problem or whatever. It takes a while to get back to where it's like, you know, normal around that. That person. doesn't apply to this relationship. If this relationship, if there's an issue, it really just takes one conversation and it's fine. But I can see that. Well, and so every person you said earlier, every person is different. What? And Jonathan's like, is that not true? Call bullshit on that one. No, of course it's true. <laughs> no. Is this this relationship? I feel like no, it's different than no, no, you, know. of course, for you feel that way. How does he feel? No, it's well, one. It's 100% true. It's just, it's funny. We're talking about a general subject and Jeff's like, well, I mean, for us, it's not like, a- well, cause you're talking about a family member. So I'm sitting next to a family member. I'm sitting next to him. So it's, I'm just, I'm just, he's just right here. So it's like, I can relate my other relationships to that. Like if it's Every with him, like it's different. Yeah. But the point here is that as soon as we like do something, we have to make up for it. And a lot of times, even though you want to solve the problem, like someone told me, have you ever heard the elf method before? No. Someone said you either empathize, listen, or fix something for somebody. And so you don't know where somebody's coming at. So like the other day I had a girlfriend who called me and she was just like ranting on the phone to me about the situation that happened. And I just, when she was, I listened to her, I didn't interrupt. And I had so much advice for her because listen, be honest, anytime two people are talking, one person's always giving advice, right? Like that's always happening. And so I had so much advice I wanted to give her. But when she was done, I said, Hey, what do you want me to do here? Am I just listening or do you want me to fix it? What do you want? Cause I just need you to listen today. I'm not ready for it to be fixed. So, all right. And I kept my advice to myself and we just went about the conversation. And so if I would have tried to fix it, she would have been like, I'm not, I'm not listening right now. And when we interrupt and we try to do that with people, because we think we know the answers, sometimes they just need to be heard and we empty their bucket when we interrupt. And then it's got to figure out a way to fill it up again. So that's what we're talking about. It's so interesting how words, just regular old words can really like move mountains in people and really have such an unbelievable shift. And the perspective, situation, motivation, how they look at a certain topic or whatever. And they're literally so easy. Like you just said there, like you just asked her, are you, are you looking for my opinion or do you just want me to like, just listen to you or whatever. And literally just that makes them feel like you already fixed it almost. You know what I mean? Even though you didn't mm-hmm. give them any answers. Yeah. I, I always say the really words cool. we, what well, things I always say the words we use have a direct impact on the results we get. So I, of course, am enjoying this, but I want to keep going through some of your pillars here. Sure. So the Go next pillar is sales. Yes. You know, you look like you're enjoying it. Jeff's still like this. I'm going to interrupt her right now, but I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can pick on me all you want. It's okay. It doesn't bother me. Picking on you. Nothing but love here. I would never. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. What's your next question? So sales, sales right? is the next pillar. So you have yeah. master salesman over here. And you know, you have a pretty good one right here, but maybe not as good as this guy. Uh, so that's you saying that, not me. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with a higher, higher question. So someone who is very good at sales, like very high performing at sales, 
Um, what advice would you give to somebody who is very high performing at sales? Keep up the good work. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you know, that's, that's um, it definitely depends, not right? like, a so... nickel's worth of advice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, this is it's really interesting. So I had one of possibly the best sales mentors in my life. It's my father. And we always used to joke that he can sell ice to Eskimos. Like he is just the most incredible salesperson, but he also, you know, is very humble at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to anyone, whether it's a salesperson or a leader, you know, before I would give any advice, I'd have to ask them, first of all, like, what do you do really well in your role? And what do you want to be even better at? Because I'm not going to come in and give advice to somebody if they already think they're great at it because there's no humility there. I mean, I might invite them to the humility course and I can offer that for sure. But, you know, it's like every person's different and every individual is different. So I'd say, listen, you're really great at sales. So why are we having this conversation? Like, what is it that you want more out of your role? And then let's target that. So you would want to kind of knock them, you'd want to knock them down a peg, so to speak? No, not at all. I'd want them, I want to ask them, hey, why are we having this conversation? Like if, if someone's asking for coaching and they're a top performer, I'm not going to come in and be like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, put a square peg in a round hole. I don't know what they need help with. Isn't technically a top performer. It's only the top for now. Like, you know, sales is, yeah. is a building block thing. I mean, I don't think most people, particularly that are really good salespeople, they're not looking to match what they did last year. They're looking to beat because they're, you know, driven in that, in that way. So what kind of advice would you give? Because also too, you know, you can go through. I don't have one. Oh, okay. Um, so what would you advice would you give along continuing on the path? Because even if you're really good at sales, you can get tired at sales. Mm-hmm. It just can be an exhausting process. Keeping it up can be more complicated than doing it. it you know, being good, being able to sell ice cream to Eskimos doesn't mean that you want to sell it to a hundred thousand Eskimos. You know what I mean? Uh, he would have, but, um, you know, but the point here, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's not just one easy fix. It's not like, we'll just do this and you'll be even better. It's really about, you know, I can't, I would tell two top performing salespeople have reached their goals. And this year they want to have even higher goals would get different advice from me because I need to understand who they are, what they're doing now and have that conversation around, okay, let's talk about where do you want your goal to be? And let's dive in deeper and talk about how we get there. The reason that you're, the reason that you seem to be so effective and that you uh, listen like that is because, well, you are this way, but you need to be this way in order to do what you do. You have to be like a really intuitive person to be able to like read people. If you aren't that way, you aren't a good salesperson. You're hundred percent correct. I know that I'm hundred percent correct. And you're welcome. So let's dive into a category. I give you a big hug, Jeff. I just want to give you a big hug. <laughs> yeah, I don't just hug anybody, but we'll see. Are you uncomfortable? What do you, if you're Not uncomfortable? What do you do? Good. You have to work really hard to make me uncomfortable. Like well, really, I, I mean, I could show you. Uh, yeah. So what's that? I could make you. Oh, see, because you're interested in that. You're interested in <laughs> your interest. The reason that you're interested in being uncomfortable is because you have something inside of you that wants to figure out if I'm uncomfortable, how do I get comfortable in that situation? Because you know that it makes you better. So, in other that words, a really interesting take on. But I think it's true. I think that someone who's very intuitive and who is aware of uncomfortable situations and trying to get yourself to be comfortable in it is you always look for things you almost put yourself in an uncomfortable situation if it's even if it's subconscious 
so that you can, you know, master it and like, okay, now I've been in that situation so I can handle it. Because I think that if you go through life and really nothing you are that uncomfortable with, even though at first you might be, but you settle right into it, you have a way to figure it out inside yourself. I think that you can really do and handle like anything that comes your way and make smart, intelligent, you know, level decisions in that situation where a lot of people can't. Yeah, I think that's an interesting take on things. You know, for me, one of the things that is most important to me is to helping people find the fun. You know, I, my friend has this fun and company is awesome, but to really help them find the fun in like the role yeah. that they have in the yeah. life. I want to kind of share with you a picture real fast. So I was nominated for a woman who roars locally. It's um, these women and we get nominated and I was brought in for a photo shoot. And typically the photo shoots are, you know, people standing there taking a picture and you can kind of see below me, but this was like you how dressed I dressed up as a lion. Did you dress up yeah. as a lion? Uh, a lioness. Can you see That's that? fun. So I would just like, I was hoping you, know, you were going to be dressed up in a lion costume. <laughs> I should have next time. That actually, then, I then, love that idea. Like this, you know. And I'll give you credit next time. I should have done that. That's a great idea if I get nominated again. Um, or if I, when I when I win, hopefully in May, I'll go on stage dressed like a lion. Um, oh, but the whole thing is that, like, you know, we take life too seriously, and we don't yeah. just like, you know, we just take life too seriously. We like stress it into us. Yeah. yeah, and like the comfort is in in the uncomfortable for me. Exactly. That's exactly how, that's why I don't take things so overly serious, but I do take certain relationships very serious. And those particular relationships, if they do or say something, you know, something mentally, physically, whatever they do think it's hurts my feelings. And yet that doesn't make me uncomfortable. It just simply hurts my feelings. But I do find a lot of comfort in being uncomfortable because I like to master it. I feel like it doesn't just make you stronger in that situation. It makes you stronger and more wise in general about your five senses. Because a lot of times the uncomfortable situations, it's either about what you hear, what you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch. And any of those things, if you become very comfortable with all of your five senses, I'm telling you, you can like rule the world in a lot of ways. And I'm going to, you know, even add one to that. Like, let's talk about the sixth sense. Not that you see dead people. (laughs) Being Um, intuitive. Right. Or just seeing people. I think that's the other thing right now. You know, it's like, we don't see people anymore. And so it's a little off topic, but we have this like massive mental health crisis happening in the world, right? It's because people don't see people anymore. And one of the things I teach is about, you know, like, listen, it's so funny. You know, I use people's names all the time if I see them, right? So like I'm shopping in Publix. I'm not sponsored by them, but I'm going to use their name right now, <laughs> um, but in Publix and I go to check out and I see the cashier and they have a name badge on and I'll be like, you know, thank you so much, John, or thank you so much, Sally. And my daughter will be like, mommy, do you know them? I'm like, no, but I know their name. And that is like the greatest thing that you can use. And every time I do it, they like stop. Yeah. 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 Or like, you know, I stopped asking, I teach people to stop asking this question. How are you? Mm-hmm. And because it's not a question, it's a greeting. And mm-hmm. no one listens. Because you're not listening to the before. answer. Right. Exactly. No. Like how many times have you been like, oh, I'm good, but you haven't been good or right. you're fine. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. It's the way to just move right? on with the conversation. Yeah. Right. So ask even better questions. And if, so for the salesperson, you know, I always try and say, listen, let's ask even better questions so we can get even better answers. Because honestly, the sale comes in the customer's answers. And that's one little, one little treat tidbit for you there. Nice little nugget. So let's get into your third column then. So give us the rundown with the third pillar of Jamie. Customer service. (laughs) Customer service. 
so customer service is huge right now. So mm-hmm. I want to dive into that a little bit myself. So I feel like it's huge because it's non-existent. Oh, customer yeah. service is existent. Customer experience is not. Yeah, right. It's, so a right. couple of things to dive into here. So customer service is, I feel like it's changed a lot because there's been, it seems like there's more options because more things are at your fingertips, but there's less actual options than you think. So like there's less than there was before, which created, which creates more like new for a lot of companies is what I've kind of experienced on my end is that, you know, there used to be a million choices. There's still a million choices pretty much, but there is actually less choices to go around for the same amount of people creating a lot of new. And when you're overloaded, you don't do things how you normally would do things because you're already maxed out before you even like answer the phone. You know what I mean? Like you're already literally about to answer the phone and you're like, oh my God, I'm running around like crazy or whatever. Hi, how are you doing? Instead of just doing like your normal greeting, what you might do to like really handle a new customer. Yeah. I feel like that really plays a big role in, you know, identifying how to create better customer relationships is to really identify where you're actually at right now in your company of how you handle your customers. No, it's, you know, there's a whole life cycle of a customer and what that looks like depending on your business and how, you know, when you talk about customer service, there's tons of customer service out there right now. But when you talk about how there's less options, those options are the ones that are delivering a great customer experience that are going to win the business. Yeah. So, you know, I live in a residential community and have a lawn. So I'm going to go with the nature's experts, right? Think about lawn care and thinking all that kind of stuff, you know, and I have people knock, literally knock on my door at least once a day to try and get my lawn service. Like they want to be like, Hey, can we do this? Hey, can we do that? Knock, knock, knock. Hi, here's my card. Knock, knock, knock. Here's my card. Nothing. That's all customer service, right? They're coming by, they're knocking on the door, asking that. Well, I teach them how to change the conversation to make it a different experience for the person that you're knocking on their door, not to lie and be like, Hey, I'm servicing the Jones down the street. And they told me to come and see you. You know, it's like such crap that people teach their salespeople today and their customer service agents, but to change it to where it's an experience to where your customer says, wow, that was different. They went from ordinary, put in that little bit extra and are an extraordinary experience. And I'm going to tell all my friends to go and use that same company. So, it's very I have done that. Between. so I have done that exactly what you're talking about. I knock on doors. The difference is I knock on doors of houses that are 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, 50 million, 70 million. Yeah. Uh, that's what these houses uh, cost in the area that I do yeah. it. And they're yeah. successful. Most, uh, a very good portion of them. I can't say most of them. A very good portion of them have been very successful because I'm making the experience different. I don't just knock on the door and say, hi, if you want to use us, use us. I give them like valuable Ah, information. I give them like valuable information. I talk to them. I greet them in a very friendly manner. And it like is a good experience for them. But I already do Is it a good experience? Well, your unicorn is showing again. Huh? (laughs) Your unicorn is showing. Yes. (laughs) It's very few that do that. You know, for example, I work with a restaurant group, a local restaurant group. And I talked about, you know, customer service and you, you know, you go to a restaurant, you walk to the front they say, how many? And you're like three, they take you to your table. You've been served. The server comes over and says, hi, you know, what can I get you a drink? You say water, diet Coke and a, a nice tea. And they bring it back to you. You've been served. They come back. They ask what you're eating. They bring out your meal. It's fine. You've been served. Then at the end of the meal, they bring you your check. They say, thank you. You have been served. And that is customer service. Well, to change things. 
What if you walked to a restaurant and you came in in the beginning and you just said, hi, they said it, welcome. Thank you for coming here. How many are in your party? Are you celebrating anything special this evening? We appreciate your business. Let me walk you to your table. Or do you have a table preference, right? Is there a table preference? They asked some more questions. They changed it. They made you a person. Experience, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like different when they cared about the person they were interacting with. You know, I'm getting ready to work with a client who is a multi-million dollar home client. That's what they do. They build, they develop, they service them. And we're talking about, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 42.3 million or 350,000, like you train the person to create an experience for whoever they are and change that conversation to where you feel like you're talking to a person, not just trying to win a sale kind of a thing. So. Yeah, yeah. I really think that that's really what is lacking, but it's hard right now because, you know, people, there's not as many people in the workforce. You know, we're talking about trying to find people and, you know, really to be able to deliver that customer service, you have to almost invest in more people to make sure that there's more bandwidth to be able to unlock mm-hmm. your mind to really think that way. Because yeah. it's like, it's it's more effort than most people are used to giving even beforehand. So all those questions that you're saying don't take any more work, you know what I mean? Yeah. But for most people I've found, <clears throat> it does take a lot more energy though, because mental energy is much more exhausting than the physical energy a lot of times. And really making sure that you're honing in on, all right, so I'm going to get on a call with Jamie right now. And I'm not just going to be like, hey, Jamie, how are you? I'm going to say, hey, Jamie. Well, you can't so say, great. how are you? It's so great to have you here. It's, I'm really excited for this experience and to hear more about what you do and how you serve it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it doesn't take any more effort. We're still on the call for the same amount of time, but it's the same thing for if you're answering the phone for a business and you're trying to help a customer with whatever particular need, want, item, sale, whatever, to really create that added customer experience. Yes. And it comes full circle back to that your team members all are triggered by different reasons to perform at that higher level. So is it green for money or is it green for nature? And until we understand like what's in it, what's that? Nature, nature, money. (laughs) You know, you call someone, so you'll call me. I know you're gonna, and you're gonna say, <laughs> "Is that gonna, is that an invitation?" <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to stop you from calling. So you're gonna say, "Hi, Jeff," and you're not gonna say, "How are you?" What do you say? No. I want to say good morning. Okay, and I say it is uh, so good to connect with you. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about the purpose of our conversation. So I'll say, "Hey, listen, the reason for my call today is this." I would love to connect about that. What else do you want to talk about in our call together today? Well, get, to give you an example, in the morning, he calls me first usually because he's a little busier. Uh, in the morning, it's a little more hectic where he is. And so what I'll do in the morning when he calls me, just naturally, it's not even like I've tried this. Hi, so how's your morning been? Or how, you know, I don't just say like, how are you in general? And I think I do that with a lot of people because I know that the how are you is kind of like a, yeah. it's a nothing. Well, I think that's annoying. Actually, that brings in an easy trigger. I think that when you when you already have an existing relation with somebody, I think it makes you almost makes you come across like you're listening even more if you already know kind of what they're doing. Like you know, I have like you said, I have my normal routine in the morning. So if you called me during it, I'm most likely going to be busy. If you call me after it. Obviously, you're. It makes me think like, oh wow, you really are engaged with what I'm actually doing. Yeah. Even though you're not engaged because you're not there. Yeah. 
That's interesting. I think you guys are having a good moment right here. I don't want to interrupt it. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? So Jamie, so we would like to, we've loved to have, we've loved having you on the Cultivating Success podcast. I'd like to, you've made it through here. Uh, you passed. I, I have had a really great <laughs> Do I time. get the golden ticket or like the, is the confetti going to fall? Something like that? Am I no. going to Hollywood? No, don't be needy, Jamie. <laughs> really, really a fun conversation. I feel like there's so much more that we can get into. I feel like we should definitely connect again, maybe kind of hone in on one topic versus the three pillars because it's a lot of information to cover, but it's a lot of really great stuff. Um, but I'd like to for you to let everyone know where they can find you at and how they can connect with you. Yes, that would be amazing. First of all, thank you. I have enjoyed this as well. It's a great way to start my day. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm there under Jamie, J-A-I-M-E Marco, or on Facebook for Evolve The Business is my name, Evolve Business Consulting. So you can find me on Facebook as well too. And you can go to Google and look at the website. Uh, Google the website. It's www.evolvethebusiness.com. Are you on Instagram? I am on Instagram. Yes. I don't know that. I should know that. Uh, let me tell you real fast. You have to do like, that lion picture I talked to you about and put that on your you Instagram. You know what? I'm definitely, so Instagram is evolve underscore the underscore business. And then email is jmarco at evolvethebusiness.com. Evolve underscore. Jeff's Our getting you right now on the Instagram. Oh, you're getting you a, fo- you get a, fo- a follow. You have to follow him back right now. Just so you know, I will, well, under- how else am I going to call him? <laughs> I don't love underscore, but I will accept that you have two underscores. I know. Underscore you know, the underscore business. It's those handles. Everybody's got them. You know, you got to figure out your jam kind of a thing. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. That's true. I'm not hating on your jam. That's I appreciate good. it. Those are actually my initials, jam, J-A-M. So hopefully I'm everyone's jam. That's cool. What's your middle name? Annie. Annie. Yes. So, but it's Jamie like the biggest joke of my husband because it's spelled A-N-N-E, but it's Annie. I was named after my great aunt. And so my husband's like, no, that's Anne. And I'm like, no, it's Annie. And we like always fight back and forth on that. And I'm like, whose name is it? Yours or mine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to end with one thing real fast. Hold on, let me grab it. Yes. Oh, let's see what so, you know, one of my most favorite activities, and you may know part of this. So how many times have you seen this logo before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you yeah, know the, the hidden object, right? What? You know the hidden object in this logo? Yeah, the arrow. Yes, but there's two hidden objects. I don't see the arrow. Oh, right here is the white arrow. Oh. Moving us forward, connecting uh-huh. us, uh-huh. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want but there's also, so now, now Jeff, that you've seen that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, but there's also another object in there. Anyone know what it is? Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a measuring spoon, like a tablespoon right here. See it? Oh, okay. Oh, that was the reaction I wanted. Can we just, you should just like capture that moment. Oh, and use that as the promo for this. Podcast. Put it back up. He didn't see it. So I can explain to him. See where the D is? See the little flat part of the spoon and then you see oh, the spoon yeah. dip down? But what does that mean even though? Is that Well, for like specific measurements, like they're always measuring and making sure they're specific and on target with it. So I don't know if FedEx meant to do that. Well, no, that's um, just the arrow e. was there. <laughs> that's the way What's an that? E is. That's the way a lowercase E looks. Well, no, they could have. Right, like, you never know. Like, sometimes they scoop out like, you, know, you never know. Yeah, they could have been a straight mm. line. They scooped it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So either me. way. The goal here is that when I come in and work with organizations, my goal is to help you change the way that you look at things. And by using E equals MC squared, I am almost always guaranteed to help you see those different things. 
Oh, well, we don't know what that is yet. I know. It'll be when I call you. You'll tell me. <laughs> don't ask me how I am. <laughs> don't ask when me how I, I am. Call you, Jeff? Like, when's a good time for you to connect? You know, I usually tell people just call and I usually always answer. And if I don't answer, though, you will get a call back pretty he, quickly. He actually always answers. And if he can't talk, he tells you he can't talk and then he gets off the phone. Because you know I'll what? You because it's it's a way of personalizing. I don't like people to I want them to feel like I'm, you know, here for them, whatever it is, whether it's a client or a patient. I mean, excuse me. A, uh, <laughs> Are you a doctor? I don't know where that came from. Or an employee or something. You know, just I like to do that with people. I'm really truly like a people person. I'll have to get, I don't have your phone number as of now. So I don't know if you want to broadcast it on here. 561. Stand by. Anybody who's interested, Jeff. So 561 702 4521. All right. You're on the radar now. Be careful. Don't worry, guys. Next week, we're going to give out E equals MC squared. Okay. Jeff's going to get this information. <laughs> it better not be Mariah Carey either, although I do like her. Wow. You just, that was like out of like left field. I mean, like, come on, Mariah well, Carey. MC, like, I mean, MC, what do you, I mean, you're not a fan. That's why you didn't think of it that way. No, I, yeah. That I voice, mean, I, like, that voice is pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jamie, well, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you again for being on the Cultivating Success podcast. I've had a great time and I Same. look forward to connecting with you again soon. Same. This was thank very, so very much. nice. Thank you. No, thank you both. I appreciate it. This has been the Cultivating Success podcast with Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson. To learn more about Jeff and Jonathan and their businesses, visit www.naturesexperts.com. <laughs>